Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. We are the Media Masterminds. I am your co-host because I prefer to have the one and only Legend Pop as our primary host. But I am your Benny Rose. And we are here to talk about the best and worst of the live action DC movies. We are going to end up picking our top three and our bottom three. And this was a tough one. Uh, Still don't really have a peace of mind of solidified you know best and worst because there are a lot of movies to choose from but uh yeah and we've go good yeah i was we, gonna say we, what, what 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 made this come up like what, what did you what made yeah, you want I, to discuss these I, I i thought when we when we were spitballing the idea of bringing back the podcast and and doing these these other episodes in between our our main episodes it gives everyone the listeners a better idea of what each of us like which we, our style and maybe where we lean on things would help them better with a better idea if they'll, if they'll like something that we recommend by knowing our tastes and uh, starting with DC, I think Marvel is a lot more difficult. DC is a little easier to pick a, a, a bottom group and a top group. And there's a lot in the middle of those two. Right. And DC also has a whole animated line that could potentially be a, for a future show. I think it's also a difficult thing because I haven't watched all of all of those. And uh, I thought it was a cool starting point. We could, I'm sure, we'll end up going different avenues with this. I like the best and worst concept, and uh, we could do horror movies, slasher movies, best Rick and Morty episodes, things that we both have collectively watched. That was. That was my mind mind with maybe Rick and Morty being one that we can do on a, on a, on an upcoming episode. Uh, because I'm sure we're both very opinionated about the ones that we like and the ones that we're not so crazy about. And just yeah. having this, this something different in between the main outlines of the, the main episodes that we do. I just thought it was a cool idea to try something breaking, breaking from the traditional of all these shows give the same news and, all the same stuff. I mean, obviously it's our own opinions and we like to do it, but this is, I thought would be a, a cool idea. Uh, one thing I just want to preface before you, you get into any of the, what your thoughts on this are, is that I only picked, and I think you only picked movies that you've actually seen. Because yes, like Catwoman is like one of the most uh, infamous or revered of all these movies. And I've never watched it. So it's not on my list. I'm assuming it would be on my bottom, but I'm not going to judge it because I haven't watched it. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Same here. So what are your cool. thoughts as far as this is a... I think it's a cool idea because I feel like... Ongoing yeah. series potentially. Yeah, I think that this is something that you and I discuss offline enough times in the past. And we have done this in the in our previous shows. Uh, so I don't see a reason not to do it. Um, I think it'll be cool as we grow our fan base and as your listeners you know jump in and if there's a topic you want to see our opinions on I think that could be cool we get a little bit of engagement on that you know we can pick uh you know favorite action movie of the last 10 years you know, right. there's, there's a lot of things we can do you could do you could do top and bottom Schwarzenegger movies I mean we're oh. both big Schwarzenegger fans Ooh, uh, I, think, I think we, I think, I think we might have to do that sooner than later. Say, uh, add to the notes. <laughs> let, me get, let me get that pencil. Listen, let me get that pencil in there. Just write and it down. and uh, a little, a little uh, note for previous fans of the show. One of my top three is actually from one of the countdown or 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 uh, ranking episodes that we had previously done. I think we did a superheroes favorite superhero movies and one of these is obviously from that list and it's in the top of the dc live action for me at least so cool. for people that have previously listened to, or can actually remember that which is probably no one 
there one of these movies is from that old media okay. masterminds simpler times we call that simpler times era media masterminds <laughs> simple rick <laughs> take cool. a taste of simple rick well, so how do you want to have do simple this? dc <laughs> we'll never have simple dc <laughs> if only uh, yeah i mean uh you want to start with the the bottom you know we that's can, what you, you prefer to yeah. start with the bottom okay yeah we saved the best for the last you know okay so I'll do the first one, I guess. Yeah. My, my, my bottom, I didn't totally rank these, but I'd say I, I feel fairly confident in the way I typed it up on my, on my sheet. The, my best of the worst in the bottom is The Green Lantern, starring Ryan Reynolds. Movie really just goes nowhere, in my opinion. It, 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 the, the villain was... Uh, Parallax, right? Parallax was the villain. Yeah, just like it was just they introduced they introduced Sinestro and they set him up to be a villain in a future movie. But the first movie's got to be good in order to get to the second movie, and this was not. Thank God Ryan Reynolds moved on to Deadpool because this is not good, and it's barely watchable in my opinion. I'm with you on that. <laughs> What are your thoughts so, on the Green Lantern? Uh, it was actually in my list too, funny enough. Um, oh, so it's on your list also. Yeah, it's not – I didn't put them in order, but I guess, you know, if you're thinking about that the same way, it's probably the same same spot, you know, for the same reasons. It was. It's not memorable, um, and the parts that are memorable are for the wrong reasons, which is, you know, really bad CG, uh, yes. really terrible pacing, um, I feel that he was fine in the role. I don't know if the script being better would have made it better, but it just was not anything that I had any interest in. And I, not being a Green Lantern, you know, fan per se, I can appreciate the character. And, uh, you know, I used to watch, there was like that CG Green Lantern show that was on for a while. I enjoyed that for the most part. And, you know, it's the same character in a sense, but yeah, I just... I don't know. It was just, it was bland for, for having so many visual effects. It was bland. And uh, like you said, the, the villain was not memorable at all. Sinestro was completely and totally utterly unused, uh, underutilized. And, um, you know, the, the sequel, if it ever happened, would have probably been worse, you know, somehow. <laughs> and yeah, it probably would really have recasted. Yeah, I don't know where I'd fall on that. And I mean, like they 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 do bring you to the Green Lantern planet, right? Whatever. I don't. I'm not super familiar with Green Lantern either. But oh, and, 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 oh, I believe. Yeah, and that's where all the other lanterns are, and all the CGI fest. And it's like, all right, why? This would have been a little cool, maybe. Maybe if it would have took the Captain Marvel approach, dare I say, comparing it to a Marvel movie, yeah. which is blasphemy, and be more in outer space rather than so grounded on Earth and. The character is not all that interesting before he becomes the Green Lantern. He's not really all that interesting when he becomes. He's just Ryan Reynolds. It's not like right. Yeah, it's him. It's him in cosplay and not very good cosplay. <laughs> it's one of those things where you know you realize how good it could be if it was in other hands. You know, right. like even let's say like let's say Green Lantern was a Marvel property, you know, and it was done by Marvel. Yeah, that whole interaction with Oa and all of the other lanterns would have been awesome, just right. in a different way. They would have made I, it the way we saw Wakanda. You know, we saw yeah. a society outside of the world that we know. You know, even though it's not, it's on Earth. It's literally otherworldly, and they just did it in a way where that technology was space age and ahead of its time. And right. you have this in space, and it just looks like street trash. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think if I could, if I could rewrite history a little bit i would would have given james gunn green lantern now as opposed to suicide squad which he you know we're waiting to see how that ended up turning out uh but based on his guardians of the galaxy stuff i think green lantern would have been a nice fit and probably would have been beneficial to switch to john stewart which i think is what they're going to be going for for the hbo max show but i don't think a whole lot has developed of that yet but i think james gunn would have done, done a pretty good job with uh, this universe of characters agreed i guess time will tell but uh, ultimately 
yeah, I, I think we're on the same page. So we, we got one out of the way. <laughs> okay. So, so what's, what would be your next, not necessarily next from the bottom. I, that was just my own uh, perspective, but one of your, one of your bottom other two, I guess. Okay. Uh, it's a toss. It was a toss up between two movies because they are both just not good. <laughs> so they, are, they, are um, these both your bottom movies then? Yeah, might as well just do that because okay. they. I don't have too too much to say about them because I don't want to go on a bashing fest. But uh, Batman and Robin is 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 definitely has to be there. Well, I that can would forget. Be that's yeah, a whole Schwarzenegger movie. So that would that be at the bottom of the Schwarzenegger movies? Also, is this going to be a double dip, or or are there worse Schwarzenegger movies to there's put worse, in there? There's, there's okay. worse Schwarzenegger movies. <laughs> so we'll get a fresh take. <laughs> yeah, well, just stick, um, stick with the Batman and Robin first before you get into the last one because yeah. I want to add a couple things to it. Also, okay, then. yeah. So I mean, look, Arnold being in a movie even as a kid didn't save everything for me. Um, and a lot of times it would it'd be like, oh, Arnold's in this, I gotta I gotta watch it. Batman Forever, I can forgive a little bit because for me, I'm a big Robin fan. I'm a Robin fan to the end, all variations of Robin. As as Pop gives me a thumbs up on the video, makes me sad. It's thumbs okay. Thumbs down, that would be um, actually. But you know, what did I say? I don't even know. Thumbs up. Oh, so yeah. You see, I I was I literally had the camera inverted. I guess <laughs> I saw it differently because I hoped that you were rooting for Robin. But uh, you know, getting. Robin on the big screen was exciting and then it was a big letdown but I was able to accept it for what it was and was hoping that it would kind of just be a one and done you know like that was the end of those movies um because it didn't do well even back then so to see that (laughs) you dip in again and oh we made a bad movie we're gonna make it even worse and then you bring somebody in like Arnold um I love Arnold but there's just certain things that he just can't do <laughs> you know you're not sending me to the cooler it's going to always be in my heart but not in a good way what killed the dinosaurs <laughs> it's it, it is overly campy for the wrong reasons um it takes your bat the, the love of batman out of it for me um it's just not a it's not a good movie for a lot of reasons it's too bright i love the the you know the darker paces of the original movies which maybe we will discuss later on maybe but, you know it really comes down to it was one of those first movies where they packed too much into a movie that you can't do any of the characters justice even if it was a little better it was yeah. too squeezed in in a short amount of time you now have three heroes in it it's like come on enough is enough you know and uh the then they made a video game for the previous one and you just you you can imagine what else the nipples was the third one but again you're just being reminded of the mistakes. So like, that's why it's worse for me than the first, than the, the one with Jim Carrey, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, all right, if we would have left it at that as a standoff. And then, you know, like nowadays when a movie tanks like that, you're not getting it again. You know, the fact that we got. Yeah, but the thing them. is that the thing that is that these movies still made money, even though they weren't I know, as I good know. as the Tim Burton uh, variety. And see, oh, for me, I wouldn't even want to compare them. That's my big thing. I'm not looking yeah. to compare them because they are their own monsters, and it's okay to have different takes. I just didn't think it was a good take. You know, right. there's a lot wrong with it. But go ahead. Uh, I'll say I I enjoy Batman Forever. I still don't hold it to the same level as the Burton movies, which will I'm sure will be brought up later. Uh, Batman and Robin to me is like you're right. It's very campy, and it's definitely deliberate the campiness but it's like they try too hard to be both they try too hard to be campy and kind of continue the batman forever neon-esque lights and all this motif of the universe and not be very dark anymore as as it was in the burton films and the the acting is bad the the script is just bad in general it's cheesy it's an overall cheese fest I think Batman Forever does a better job with it. It's still goofy at points, but it's not as campy. Like, if you were going to go so campy with Batman and Robin, you kind of should have changed more. Changed the way that city looks and, and give it more of like, give it the, more of the 60s vibe than if you're going to go right. so campy with it. It's like you're watching a movie that can't decide what it wants to be. It's not in my bottom three, but... I, <laughs> Fair enough. 
I think I could pick a couple. I think I put Wonder Woman 84 ahead of Batman and Robin, unfortunately. In the bottom. It's not in my bottom. It's not in my bottom. But I think Wonder Woman 84 is worse than Batman and Robin. Maybe I, I can, I'm a bigger I can Batman agree. fan. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. I was going to say, if it was, I don't think Wonder Woman's, it's not in my bottom three, but it would be better than this, without a doubt. Yeah, okay. So, um, the other one is one that probably a lot of people never saw, but I saw it as a kid and it traumatized me as what a bad superhero movie can be. Um, and I've never spoken about it before, so. Uh, I've never spoken about it. This is this is breaking reporting right here. <laughs> World premiere. <laughs> This Jeff Keeley is, is going to come in. Yep. Uh, the next, uh, I want. I want my pennies. I want my pennies for using my words. 1984's Supergirl. Supergirl. This I, movie I, is abysmal <laughs> to no end. This is I my remember, bottom. I remember watching it when I was a kid, but I can't remember it enough now to even rank it. So it's not on my list either. But I remember it yeah. being bad. So the reason that it's there. Um, and it probably is the top, the top, the worst of the worst for my bottom. Yeah, the worst because, of the worst. yeah, because ultimately I was a big Superman junkie as a kid. And I remember watching the tapes so much that the tapes would get ruined and my dad would have to buy a new one. Um, and then somehow, you know, he figured, oh, you know, Supergirl's in the, in the theater or in the, in the, in the, in the, in the rental store. Let's bring it home. And I put it on and I'm like, what is this? Like, it looked like an after school special, you know? And then yeah. it's just like, it's just bad, bad acting. The <laughs> costume is bad. The sound effects are bad. It tries to mimic the feel of the Superman movies. And it just, I turned it off. I remember as a kid, I turned it off, you know, like obviously movie came out in 84. I was born in 82. I probably watched it 87, 86, 87, you know, and my dad was like, we rented it. You have to watch it. I paid to rent it. You watch it. I'm like, I don't want to watch it. It's horrible. <laughs> and he made me watch it. And I, that was like the first time I remember being forced to watch something against my will, yeah. you know, because I love Superman so much that I begged them to get me something well, new. That's why they made the movie, right? The movie was made based exactly. on the popularity of Superman and they could do it with a lesser budget. But right. you're right. It came off as a, from what I remember, and I haven't watched it in a long time, but it came off as a very low budget, almost like a made for cable, like yeah. uh, like that Nick Fury movie starring David Hasselhoff, like oh, almost boy. like something like that. I think that had a bigger budget. <laughs> <laughs> so there's not much to say. I mean, I remember the movie starting off looking literally like an after school special and just being like almost like a babysitter's club kind of vibe. And I'm just like, what you know so it shouldn't even be in the dc list but because it burned it that memory into my soul it has to be uh crowned the stink the stink of the of the crop the stinking the shit king, as king. Would say. <laughs> so yeah that that's it for my uh my bottom three so wow. wanna, all right let's, so let's, i guess i'll get this better my, now yeah uh, no i still have two more on my on my uh, uh on my bottom list. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen, I, you've definitely seen one of these, but that's my worst. So my second from the, from the bottom or top or however you want to look at it is Jonah Hex. Have you ever seen Jonah Hex? Nope. And I don't plan on ever watching it. So Jonah Hex, it's a interesting, it's got a pretty big cast. So it's got Josh Brolin who might have played the most heroes of anyone now. He played Jonah Hex, he played Cable, and he played Thanos. Right. Uh, it has John Malkovich as the villain. Uh, Megan Fox is in it, coming off of Transformers. Uh, Will Arnett is in it. It's like a Western. And uh, Jonah Hex as a character is kind of like, I mean, he's got a connection to, the, to death, and he's kind of like Ghost Rider to an extent. But a cowboy, it's just bad. It's just not he's, a good movie. He's got, he's got the big, yes. a big mouth scar. He's got his, he's got stuff on his mouth and talking sideways. And the acting of Josh Brolin is not great in the movie. The movie's only like 80 minutes long. So they were struggling either to make the movie or they cut a lot out of it. I don't know all the history of it, but it is not good for all the actors that are in it. 
and they all got their payday. It's just bad. I, I, I've seen it. It was. It's pretty much like the Wild Wild West. I know all about it, but I know nothing about it because I've never seen it. But I've heard nothing but horror stories from both. And you know, you mentioned Wild, you know, the West and stuff like that. That's the first thing I think of. Will Smith in a terrible, you know, <laughs> Western movie with like bad effects. And then I see yeah. Jonah Hex's cover, like in the DVDs, like when we used to work at, looks- the, at the Big Blue. And I'm like, ugh, who would want this? <laughs> and if you think about it back then, it's not, people didn't really know it was DC back then. You know what I mean? Like nowadays, yeah, people would know the character more, you know, like if they maybe rebranded the DVDs and the Blu-rays, like to reflect. I think they have. I so think they have. It would make more sense now, but obviously when that movie came out, you know, which was 2010, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's 11 years ago, but things were a lot different 11 years ago. DC was not where it is now. You know, the DC movies were far few in between and they revolved mostly around Superman and Batman. That was yeah. it. So I, I can respect that, but yeah, I can't really comment. Like you said, not, uh, not seeing it. <laughs> yeah, it just rubbed me the wrong. I'm sure there's probably some great, uh, stuff to research on it, like how the movie was developed and where, what uh, pitfalls it had and issues it had in development and why it was like uh, snake bitten to begin with and why it didn't turn out, but let me save that for another time. So my last bottom of the bottom, king of the shit, <laughs> is somewhat in the vein of your king of shit. Funny. It's Superman. Nope. Superman 3, yes. I do not like Superman 3 at all. I'm not a huge Superman fan in the first place. You gotta get Richard Pryor. It it was more, it was a jump on point for Richard Pryor. It was made to be more of a vehicle for him than about Superman. There's no villain, there's no main villain to the movie, which is a problem that a lot of the Superman movies have in the first place. He ends up fighting like a, a, a fake Bizarro version of himself in like a, uh, a construction junkyard lot, and it's just it's just bad. It's just there's no real action to the movie. Like I said, it's made as a Richard Pryor comedy vehicle almost. And I prefer Superman Four: Quest for Peace, and that movie is corny and cheesy, over the top, no budget. It also has a, a it has an interesting story to how it was developed but we're not talking about that now but superman 3 is is i'm sorry it's the worst and it's not a movie i would go back to to rewatch. jonah hex i actually had put on last night just to refresh my memory as to how bad it was but superman 3 just to throw that character away and have no no use for superman or no real threat is just right. it was just bad for me what are your thoughts on superman 3 yeah, it's uh, for me, it always felt like a made for TV movie. Um, and most of my viewing has been when it's on TV, <laughs> funny enough. And I, I believe that there's TV edits of it as well that make it longer and more probably uh, intolerable. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's every time I see that movie, I just associate it with Richard Pryor. And I don't think that's really a good thing because it's not what, like you said, it's not the intention of the movie. You know, it's yeah. it's cool that you can include actors like that in a movie, but if the char- if he was playing a character from a comic that we can relate to, makes sense. Right? Maybe it he takes should away have been from the, villain, the story. You know, yeah, it takes away from the story. You know, it's like it's almost like a team up, where like, yeah. but it's just Scooby Richard Pryor and Batman. <laughs> yeah, Richard Pryor and Superman, and it's not a good team up either. <laughs> right? No, that's trash. Thumbs down. Two thumbs down. So I guess let's start with then the top. What's the? We'll start with the top of the DC movies. I have an honorable mention. If you if you want yeah, to do that right first, or you want to do that last, we could do an honorable, honorable mention. My honorable mention is Man of Steel. Okay. That's probably my favorite Superman movie, which is going to be like whoa, whoa yeah, to a lot of people because yeah. everyone loves the Richard Donner, uh, super, the original Superman or the second Superman movie, and. Uh, I, I like Man of Steel. It's a little long. It could be cut out, I, but I like the effects. I like how powerful he is in the movie. I don't. I like the actor who plays General Zod, but I didn't think it was necessary to have General Zod in there again. 
I'm looking for a, a movie where we don't get Lex Luthor and General Zod. We get maybe Brainiac, Metallo, someone from that universe. Give us someone else. But it Michael seems Shannon like people are afraid to touch other villains. Right. Michael Shannon does an awesome job as Zod. He's very menacing in the movie. And like I said, I like the effects of it. I like what Zack Snyder did with the movie. Going to record that for history that I like what he did there. But uh, yeah. I guess I'm a clo- I'm a closet Snyder fan because I really like Dawn of the Dead, his remake of Dawn of the Dead. That's a good uh, movie. But I I like Man of Steel. It it just get it gets edged out, and maybe it's nostalgia, and maybe it's personal preference because I'm not as big of a of a Superman fan. But uh, we'll we'll see why when I go into my other top three. Yeah. yeah. So my honor, honorable mention will be funny enough. It's the same character, but it's a movie that more is not people are not for it than for it. So there's a big divide. Um, it holds a special place in my heart for a lot of reasons, but Superman Returns is uh, my honorable mention. Wow. Because it is a I don't movie think, I don't that... Think, I don't think anyone would have ever guessed that. Yeah. I mean, I have ties to the Richard Donner movies, as you know. And um, for me, it was such an awesome way to find a way to kind of like, you know, it was like one of those first moments of like real like hybrid reboot continuity kind of thing where like you took an old franchise and you kind of tried to do it fresh again without rehashing and you know you you essentially wanted to continue the story you know while paying respect to the actor and the story so I love what was done um I know that a lot of people didn't like the look I mean the 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 thing that I don't like same as you we don't need Lex Luthor in another movie. It was, it felt like rehash of the old movies, but it was for modern times. Um, I think that the actor that played him, I think he did a great job. I love the costume. I love the color saturation, the way they did that. Um, I watched that movie in the theater probably four or five times. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a weird one because it's not an amazing movie. It really isn't. You know what I mean? But something for it to me, like I just felt like we were in those eras of a lot of reboot and reimagining. Nobody really took the time to really respect the material to that level to really connect the dots. It's a very, very much like a a, a unofficial sequel to the other movie. Yeah, essentially, you know, with a big gap, you know, a very boring one at that to me. I I get that. You know what I mean? I do like, you know, um, I did well, but yeah, I didn't like the whole have him having a child thing because that's like a, it's a can of worms. You know what I mean? It's one of those things yeah. like, if you're gonna dig into that lore, you should dig a little deeper, and you just kind of threw it in there to throw it in there. But um, I love the end. I love when he's, you know, literally when he gets his powers back and he brings everything up into the sky and stuff like that. Like that was a really powerful moment for me. Um, like I just. I felt it like I felt he was my Superman at the time, you know, so I, I reminisce, reminisce with the movie more for that than like, if I watch it now, yeah, it's cool. You know, that's why it's an honorable mention because it made an impact at the time it came out. And then obviously people like, you know, just bad mouthed it, you know, so I, I understand why um, I do hate Cyclops actor. I don't remember, uh, remember his name because I was very James upset Madsen. that he, yeah, I was upset that he was in the movie because he decided not to do X-Men at the time. Yeah. And I'm like, you left that for this? <laughs> you know, right. like comparing the two, you know, it's like, I didn't need you in this movie. The movie was fine without you kind of thing. But uh, yeah, so it's on record. <laughs> My honorable mention is Superman Returns. We, we both no, have Superman movies film. as honorable mentions. Oh, what's your, what's your number three? Or, or somewhat number three. I mean, you don't have to put a stamp on these. These are just one of your top three. Batman Returns. Batman Returns is uh, life-changing in a lot of ways. Just, uh, you know, for those that don't know, when I grew up, my father had a comic book store. I was raised around comic books. And I was fortunate to be around at the times when those movies were coming out when they were in their peak. And uh, my father used to actually work with some of the studios where he would have promos where they would provide movie posters um, 
to, to display in the store or outside. And then we would end up getting like screener passes. So I remember getting screener passes for not only Batman Returns, excuse me, but the original Batman as well. Um, my dad used to get swag boxes, you know, before swag was really a thing. Um, they had sent him a re replica rubber costume. It was just like crazy stuff. So, you know, Paul and I can relate. Like we, we have that love for like Michael Keaton's Batman. Um, but ultimately seeing Batman Returns in the theater, like I saw the first one too, but part two having just that really, that much, much darker tone you know, like that true Tim Burton-esque look and feel with the winter and Danny DeVito's Penguin and Catwoman, the colors, gray, you know, just, it was just like, it was so brooding at the time. And, you know, I remember as a kid just being like in awe and like how this movie was bigger than I ever would be, you know, and you had the thugs, you know, so you took what really worked in the first movie and you just, you turned it up a notch because you had Joker thugs, but now you got the Penguin thugs, and they're all in. Right, circus gang. Yeah, and then you got the Penguins, you know? Like, come on, like, you took a little bit of the, the 60s campy with the, having the animals in there, but you made it work where it wasn't, like, questionable. You know, you had the big rubber ducks, you know? It's just, there's just so much to love. Christopher Walken was awesome, you know, for, yep. for his role in the movie. Um, Max I loved I loved that Batman suit changed a little bit. I love like the ab change, like that was a significant part of the, of the suit that was changed. But having Michael Keaton in that role again at that time, he's he's seasoned. You know, he's at his peak, and yeah. we hoped, we hoped for that third movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. um, Unsuccessful. It'll always, yeah, it'll always be one of my best memories of uh, getting that transition from my dad's store, like reading the comics to seeing them on the big screen and like really bring showing that we can we can see it in a whole new way you know right. so batman returns definitely up there <laughs> well on, in, in light of that batman returns is my top pick there's no reason to uh, yeah. bury the lead i believe it was my top pick on the media mastermind superhero episode also uh, i have i have similar memories not quite the same but I remember seeing Batman Returns in the theater for my birthday with friends from school. My mom organized it. We went. I remember watching it on pay-per-view, watching it on video. I just loved it. I loved it as a kid. Like you said, basically, it amplifies everything from the 89 Batman. You get multiple villains. A Batman that has more weapons at his, on, at his disposal. You know, a bigger budget involves all of that. The scenery is awesome. To me, it's a Christmas movie. It takes place during the tree lighting and everything during Christmas. I, I, I love Batman Returns. It's, it's exactly what the character is to me. Uh, I, don't, I don't care the way he reveals himself to Catwoman. Right. To Selena Kyle. I mean, he ruins I, I his mask. Like, who does that? Who does that? I, <laughs> why are you dressed up like Batman? Bruce Wayne. That's so good. <laughs> I, love, I, I love it. It's really one of my favorite superhero movies of any, not just DC, of Marvel, yeah. to, of any any superhero movie. I can pretty much watch it whenever. If it's on, I could sit through it and watch it through the, the performances, the story. I love it. One of my favorites. Awesome. So you want to jump into your, uh, your second pick? I, I mean... I guess. Well, let me do my bottom actually, because Batman Returns was my top. True. So you might you might see a theme here because mm -hmm. my number three is Batman '89, uh, which introduced us to the cinematic world of Batman, and it took at 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 its time the history of this movie. It took a lot of chances. Before this, you had the Superman fr franchise, but the Superman franchise was not very dark. It was, you know, comic book movies were not looked at as anything that could potentially be dark or even right. take a chance for a studio to spend that money to be dark. And we had the Batman 1960s, which was a campy, you know, movie based off of a TV show. So the, the, the chances that Warner Brothers made to make Batman 89 was like a perfect storm. They took Tim Burton, who hadn't done a whole lot. He hadn't done an action movie or a big blockbuster. You know, Beetlejuice is... 
He took they took Michael Keaton, who also from Beetlejuice and a couple other movies at that point, isn't a huge name. They give him the Batman role. And then they drove the forklift up and got Jack Nicholson to be the Joker. And it's a, like, it's a perfect storm. Burton got to make the movie that he wanted to make. Both of these movies returns in 89. I don't think they had a lot of studio influence. I could be wrong. I, I think that he maybe more so had say on returns than 89 after the success of it. But it doesn't look like a movie. It looks like we got to see the story that he wanted to tell. And the bottom three movies of mine, like Lantern, Hex, and Superman, they, they look like movies that potentially we didn't get the original filmmaker's thoughts on what the movie was supposed to be or what they wanted it to be. And the balls that they had to make the 89 Batman, I think, still will live forever, almost like the start of the MCU. The 89 Batman set the set the the course of superhero movies for the future i mean it took a while for the marvel movies to actually start from x-men and spider-man but without 89 batman maybe this is a history portion of being one of my top movies it uh it it does everything right and it really gave people inspiration i feel like to probably make things closer to the comic and everything doesn't need to be sunny and cheerful and or campy. It could be gritty and dark. And the performances are great. I mean, the, the argument will forever be who's the best Joker, right? Every time there's a new Joker, there's the argument of who is the best. Is it Nicholson? Is it Ledger? It's definitely not Leto. It's, is it and, so, and Jack Nicholson's always brought up. He's always one always. of the tops. And he'll, I important. think he'll always be, and he'll always be up there. Just his performance is iconic. And it made that that character. I mean, the Joker has been around in the comics forever, but these movie performances and, and I can't not mention Mark Hamill as the animated Joker. These performances make up, you know, who people envision as the Joker. And I know when I read, it's a side note, but when I read graphic novels or comics and it's Joker in my head, I'm reading it as the Mark Hamill Joker. That's that's the voice I hear in my head and. I'm sure for a lot of people, it's Nicholson. And I'm sure Hamill is a little inspired by Nicholson's performance. So that movie, just on so many levels, it was, for me, I remember all the toys, getting the Batmobile, getting the Batwing, the Batcave, everything. The black black and yellow and the gold packaging for the marketing. Yeah. It's memorable. You know, like I'm literally visualizing all the boxes. Right, right, right. Yeah, it was awesome. When they made the Batman the, with the retractable belt. You know, yeah, it's awesome. They made Bob, you know, Joker's yep. goon as one of the toys. Back to back to the goons you were talking about, and it was like, it, they, there should be like the you know they made the toys that made us with all these different. They should have one for Batman and that start of yeah, that that line. Start, it just started everything. It started the movies. It, I think it brought comic books back. I mean, maybe that launched more with Superman yeah. and therefore I think it's just such an iconic movie and it's returns expands on it so much in my opinion. And, and maybe I, I like, I draw to those characters more in the story more and that's why returns is ahead of it for me, but you can't have returns without 89. So it had to be up there. Agreed. Makes sense. Yeah. So, I mean, I wanted to have it up there, but because there's so many movies, it's tough to pick both for me, like Returns and, and 89. 89's definitely up there. But like I said, from my from my experience growing up, Returns had a bigger impact. Like I remember my time with 89 when it came out. Like my first exposure to it actually wasn't even the movie. It was the toys because my dad was getting the toys before the movie came out. Right. So I'm like, oh, what, what are these? These are cool. And, you know, I'm, I'm, he gave me the Batman figure and I couldn't, I didn't understand like what it was he's like is this a new comic he's like no there's a movie and somebody's gonna be in the suit and like i said they shipped my dad a replica of the suit like i remember putting the rubber cowl on and the batman part was attached to the cowl like the yellow bat you know and it was just like bigger than life but then like i said once i've gotten into the the tease and the taste of these movies that read that that refined version of returns is what really hit me the, mo- the most. So 89 is always going to have a very special place in my heart. But, uh, you know, I kind of wanted to separate, you know, like I got not you. necessarily three eras, but like 
three gif- different kinds of movies for my top you're, three. You're entitled to make your top picks whatever you want to make them. <laughs> no, I know. But I, I want you to know that I highly respect that movie too. And I want the, you know, the fans and the listeners to know that I feel the same way, you know, in a lot of yeah. ways. But um, so what, what did I do? I did my, my top. You just did my, Returns. You just did Batman so my, Returns. My, uh, okay. So that would be, that would be my, my second. So I could okay. do my, my, my third. Yeah, my do third, your third, and then you can do your yeah. top one after. Yeah, my third would be Dark Knight, actually. Oh, okay. Um, so, you know, Dark Knight was a movie that, again, somebody took the formula and did it their own way. You know, I, I like Batman Begins. I do enjoy the origin side of it. Um, I don't really relate to Ra's al Ghul, maybe a little more now than I did because I wasn't as seasoned in the character. Um he worked, you know, for the sake of the movie, but I, I liked having the traditional Batman villain. Um, even though Joker had been done again, it was almost taboo, like we're doing this again. But then seeing Heath Ledger's performance, and obviously, you know, we won't go into that because everybody gets off on on him as Joker. Um, it was just the way the movie was, was filmed and how it was, you know, I love the bank scene in the beginning. It's one yeah. of my favorite parts of the movie. Um, the skylines. I love seeing the way that they, because they show the size of the city and they make it bigger yeah. than than life. Um, I definitely appreciate the grittier Batman. You know, I'd like that he took the time to really give him the different personality within the voice and and his persona from when he's Bruce Wayne. You know, I think Michael Keaton did that first and he did it well because you were able to separate the two and he gave that grit. And I, I could see the inspiration, you know, with uh, with Bale when he did that. Um, I do like that the suit had like a big overhaul overall, like from what we're used to. Um, but I do, I just like the the conflict between the two because that's what I remember from the comics, you know, and how they deep dive into, you know, how Joker feels that there's this relationship with them, you know, that they're right. meant to be head to head all the time even though they just met, you know, this is like their introduction and he already felt that connection. And I feel like, yeah. And it was never touched on in a movie sense, you know, like Joker was Joker, you know, he was Jack Napier and the original, they didn't have that connection. You know, they, they were, they were enemies in this movie. They were arch enemies. Like this is, this is what we signed up for, you know, being a Batman, Batman fan. So the conflict leading up to that battle at the end when they're fighting in that where you know that warehouse it's like it was just iconic for me you know and being older and appreciating where we've how far we've come with the movies and to see what a job nolan did with that film because it's not something i expected you know what i mean like yeah. i said i liked batman begins it wasn't amazing i can go back and appreciate it more now but when the other when the other movie came out i'm like all right seems like a grounded version of Batman. I don't know how I feel about that. But he just did such a good job with the pacing of the movie. The movie's long, but I feel like it's one of those few movies that doesn't feel long to me. I don't feel it drags. You know, it's right. paced very well. So, yeah, that's that's why my, that movie's up there for me. And I would have loved, you know, obviously we lost the actor, would have loved to see that character come back again. Um, I'm so sure that was that we the plan to, originally. Yeah, right. But yeah, without a doubt, um, well worth being uh, up there for me. But my number one is, uh, I, I believe it was probably brought up on our previous show as well. It's going to be Superman 2. Um, and obviously, as I got older, the Donner cut. Um, I love Superman 2 because it is, it was that first disconnect from Lex Luthor more so than anything. You know, like I, I do feel that there was more character development. You know, there was more time for Clark and Lois to really become their characters, you know, more. Um, it was a lot more action, you know, for that time. Um, I do love the conflict with uh, with Zod and, you know, that's just always going to hold a special place in my heart because remember seeing like, this guy's bad news, you know, like, I don't remember the other characters' names, but like the, the big, the big grunt, you know, of the three, like, he's just like a beast of a man and yeah. You know, like, you know, look at it now and it's like a little campy, but um, 
Yeah, there's just, I watched that. That's the movie. I watched that more than the original. Like, I watched Superman 1, but Superman yeah, 2 is... It's a, it's a more watchable movie than the yeah. first one. The first one drags a bit. Because it's a lot of the origin, as most yeah. of those movies are. But really, it's just, um, it's a movie I watched so much as a kid. And I remember we worked together at the Blue again when that HD DVD 2006 cut. And it was like, we missed out on this, you know? And it's just like, it's like a whole different movie. And yeah. it's it was rare to get scenarios like that. So Especially really, at that time. Yeah. You know, I know it was a long time coming, you know, with, with all yeah. the, the legal stuff in the background. But, excuse me, it was great to just get that really different side of a movie that I already loved. You know, it's it's nowadays, it's more like you have a movie that you don't like and then you're getting a new cut and hoping that you're going to like it better. You know, I want to like, I want to love the movie. And if you got more to give me, give me more to give. You know, I don't dislike (laughs) the original cut. Like with other movies, like when they do that, it's like, oh, I don't like that trash now. I like the new version better. Like potentially with Justice League. I don't like Justice League. I'm hoping to like Justice League with with the Snyder's version. You know, Superman 2, Superman 2, Donner Cut are essentially two movies that I love both equally for, for different reasons. Because one, I appreciated and was introduced at a young age. One, I was a more seasoned comic book fan, you know, as an, a, a young adult that got that taste, you know, and you were the one to introduce me. I'm like, I didn't even know this existed between you right. and our mutual friend, Joe. Like he was the big guy in today. He was hyping it up. I remember all oh, Donner Cut's coming, Donner Cut's coming, you know? <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's just funny because, you know, I think like you, for the most part, I've always been a Marvel guy. But, you know, we have love for DC more for the ca- certain characters than the, the realm of DC as a, as a whole. For Marvel, we love Marvel, you know? So it's yeah. it's tough to pick out these movies because you have to really, like, analyze what you watched. And yeah. looking at the list, I'm like, it's a lot to choose from because if you notice, we didn't really pick... You picked one, you know? We didn't pick too much of the modern stuff. And it's not that it's bad, but there's been so much good that have paved the well, way. Well, I still have one more pick that I haven't I haven't revealed yet. Right. So, so we'll see. <laughs> Leading into well, that, <laughs> it's not a Superman movie. Uh, sure. It, it it continues my theme <laughs> of my other two movies, and it's not The Dark Knight. It's actually Batman Begins. So, uh, based okay. on what you. I was going to add it in, right? But you jumped right into that last one, which is fine. But I was going to add in, I prefer Batman Begins to Dark Knight. I think Dark Knight is is a great movie and Ledger's performance is unbelievable. And it probably would have got like an honorable mention, but Man of Steel edges it out. But Batman Begins, giving us a story of Batman's origin, which I can go either way with because we see it so many times, just like Superman, time and time again, we get an origin. Even in Batman Forever, we're getting origin story of Batman when we already know, everyone knows about the character and everyone knows. I think Marvel does that great, uh, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But Batman Begins, it has Ra's al Ghul. It has a twist to the Ra's al Ghul story. It has Scarecrow in it. It introduces new villains that we've never seen on the big screen before. Uh, and I'm going to touch on what you said about Nolan's performance as Bruce Wayne. I think Keaton is a, in, a, in a world by himself, but the way Bale portrays Bruce Wayne, I think he does it to a better degree than Keaton. He's He plays that playboy millionaire role and, you know, suffering through his parents' death. And I think he does a better job personifying two different mindsets one of the batman and one of being in this making people believe that he's this playboy and he's this billionaire responsible yeah irresponsible uh, of a different mind like when he gets into the car accident that's in the dark night but you know i I just love the performance i thought it was so cool to be reintroduced to the character with a brand new take that was nothing like the previous movies and to have a brand new batman the performances for Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul, Liam Neeson and, and Cillian Murphy are awesome. I, I love that Murphy shows up in all, all three of Nolan's trilogy. And I, I'm glad Ra's al Ghul somewhat shows up in, in Dark Knight right. Rises. It just edges out Dark Knight to me, but 
because it's the first and it's introducing us to new character, new villains is something I always right. hunger for in these movies to not get the rehash. Like I mentioned, the general Zod and it was tough still, but I, I Batman's one of my favorite characters of any right. world. And that's what all three of my top picks are, are Batman movies. And it makes tons of sense. And it's cool that you, you know, that we're very similar as far as the tastes go. You know what I mean? Obviously, like I said, the, the experience is always going to vary. You know, like we saw these under different circumstances and you know what I mean? Right. So, but that's what makes them so special because they give us that impact right. that we can relate to. And, you know, it just shows you also the impact of a character like Batman because he's affected both of us in different ways. So, yeah. you know. I remember I seeing know. this Batman Begins at Midnight at the UA on Forest. And I, it still sticks with me with some of the former colleagues from the, the Yellow Tag and uh, right. other, it's just other friends. And back when we had to do midnight showings of movies before they started showing them at seven, eight o'clock as we got older right. the night before. And that was right. the way we would see them. I mean, in our younger years, but it still sticks with Simpler me. And times. how being, <laughs> being so, right, being so wowed by it when like he just hit all the notes that I wanted to hit when you're going to retell the story of Batman and go through an origin story. Agreed. No, that was awesome. It's, I feel like even though we've discussed it before, it felt fresh. You know, it's been so long and we talk yeah. all the time, but it was good to see your perspective on uh, on all the different movies, even the bad ones. Because, I mean, yeah, you, you got you to gotta give credit where credit's due. Not every movie's going to be great. You know what I mean? Like, right. you're going you're gonna to have to make some bad ones to make really good ones. And I think that, um, and, you know, and with, you with the Batmans by, did that. And you can see by our perspectives, there's a lot of middle here. There's a yeah. lot of middle movies that are, are, are probably still good. They're just not in our thoughts of being the best. Like Aquaman, I like. Yeah. Shazam, I like. You know, like there are modern ones that I enjoy. I enjoyed Birds of Prey for what it was worth. I wouldn't put it in the bottom, but I definitely wouldn't put it in the top either. So there's a lot totally. of middle ground. And I feel like picking the three, maybe three, four, depending on what, what our, our topic is for the show, it gives a good idea of our taste and where these things have impacted us as far as the top movies, more, more likely than the bottom. No, that makes sense. Yeah. I think this was great. And um, there's plenty more, you know, categories we'll be, we'll be touching on in the future. And right. we hope you guys liked it. And again, if you have any ideas, if there's a, you know, a genre, a superhero category, you know, it doesn't have to be, you know, that's a big thing for us, but we both like horror movies, so we can always do a horror movie theme, you know. Yeah, we're, or we're, actors, we're specific it. actors, like we said before, like Schwarzenegger. We could do other things and all day, even TV <laughs> shows. So we shows that we both watch: South Park, Rick and Morty. It could be any, you know. Like we're, we're open to it. So, yeah. where can everybody uh, reach out to you? I am available on Twitter at the Neon Arcadia, and Legend Pop is available at at Legend Pop on Twitter. That's the easiest ways go. to reach out to us. And this wraps up episode two. Yeah. And um, as we grow the show and, you know, if the demand is there and we get more engagement, maybe we'll open up a Twitter page for us to, you know, kind of speak directly on behalf of the show. But for now, you know, reach out to us on our individuals and um, we really hope you like the show and we look forward to episode three till next time.